from the Spacebird Media Studios. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. And Ace Unlimited, welcome back to another edition of this wonderful podcast where we get together and talk about all things Jesus, all things family, mm-hmm. the things going on in the world a bit. Try not to do too many tragic stories because it's hard enough on us all. Try to laugh a little bit. And we love it and we hope you enjoy it as well. Thank you for subscribing. My buddy Ace, how are you? I'm doing good. We want to say thanks to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group for making another episode possible. I have to start off with a big congratulations to my daughter, McCartney. She passed her state board. She is an official cosmetologist. Yay! <laughs> so when your baby girl achieves something, like it's you're as a dad, I'm just like, not that I don't do the same for all my kids, but like it's like a big deal. You know, it's like, baby, look what you did, you know. So it was funny when I talked to her before she went in to take the test, I was like, so what are you thinking about right now? And she's like, what I'm going to do to celebrate when I'm done. And I was like, what a great, like cheerleader when you like to cheerlead for yourself in that manner, like you've already claimed the victory. Like, Lord, I, I, I don't have time to take this again. I don't want to waste my time studying. Well, I already know it. Let's just get it out of the way. And I'm like, where in my life is there something that I need to be like, manifesting into the Lord and going, okay, here we go. Because I mean, what a great headspace to be in when you're going to something so so stressful. Yeah. I remember that all through school. I mean, it was just, oh, college exams and how stressful it was and how you really had to concentrate. And at a Catholic college, you were silent or the nuns would Get after right. you. Right. <laughs> Get your nose in the book. Were you a good student? Like, were you a, like an AB kid or what What was your normal? Oh, yeah. 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 Grades were so important to me. My parents used to call me in college and tell me, go have fun. <laughs> Stop passing Stop everything. Studying. Yeah. Live in the world. Have fun. Stop. Because, you know, that 3-8 that I graduated with was. Nice. That was a, that was a good Good deal. Not that I've ever been asked about it in any interview for a job, but it's there. Right. Look, I got a 3-8. So in breaking news today, Oscar nominations. Any surprises for you along the way, Ace? I know you loved Barbie. You loved Oppenheimer. Yep. I I I I mean, normally the the earlier award shows, Golden Globes, kind of set that precedence for what you're gonna see at the Oscars. Sometimes though, there is the one award that goes in a direction that you're not expecting so it'll be interesting to see what lands for best picture and all that because again oscars to me is a reminder of the great cinema either i didn't see that i need to catch up on or it's like yeah that was the one i loved you know because it's rare that the movies that i like ever win anything unless it's like special effects because you know, it's Iron Man, you know, it's like, you know, this is where I'm at, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Award season always is cool to, to get caught up on some of these things that are really artistically and well done. Well, I was shocked Leonardo DiCaprio did not get nominated for Killers of the Flower Moon, but Lily Gladstone, I think will take it. I just do. And be, I believe the first indigenous woman actress to get the best actress award. We'll see what happens with that. Coleman Domingo is one of my 
favorite actors of all time. Mm -hmm. And he's been nominated for Rust. And that helps me get over the fact that Leo DiCaprio was not recognized for Best Actor, which is a surprise when his buddy Robert De Niro, who was in the movie, is is up for Best Supporting Actor. We'll see what happens with that. Lots of I mean, lots of great contenders. Yeah. You know, you like you said, you just never know. We'll have to yeah. see what happens. And I love the fact that now uh, it's kind of the benefit, I guess, of a post-COVID world is now things stream sooner. So, you know, like after like two weekends at the box office, you can start renting them early streaming online, which is great. So my thought is I'll just I'll sit there with uh, this is what I do every year. I circle, you know, when I see who the winner is, I circle the ones I haven't seen and I put it in my next list. So it's like, you know keeping up with whatever the next thing is. So I can go, all right, one at a time. Cause in some cases, and maybe cause I haven't seen the one with Leo and Robert yet, but like, it's like three and a half hour movie. Is that right? Yes. But, and I don't particularly like long movies, Yeah, but I was riveted the entire time. Okay. It's all so right. good. You know, I, you, I trust you. There's very yeah. few people that can suggest something. And I go, <laughs> yeah, here's three hours of my life. But all right. So if Roxanne said it's good, we got to watch it. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Reese is super funny on her social media. If you mm -hmm. have ever watched her, the famous actress, she's just very down to earth and very matter of fact, and sometimes is makeupless and just does silly stuff. Well, she ate snow and it has people absolutely. How do you get that far into your life without eating snow? Like, I mean. Well, but people are outraged. They say it's full of pollution. It could be full of pee-pee. I mean, you don't know what it's really full of. When you go out there and scoop it, they say it is not healthy to do it. And she was like, what do you, what I think is funny. She's like, what are you talking about? We as kids put our mouths on the holes in the yard yeah. and drank the water. She goes, I'm going to prove to you that it's okay. So she brought snow inside, let it melt in a glass. It was perfectly clear. She's like, look, it's clear and it tastes good. So there. I saw that video and here's my only thing that I would say to her. Doesn't boiling water normally get all of the disinfect stuff out? Because don't they say, like, you know, when you have like, pipe issues and they go, all right, everybody boil for the next 24 hours. Like, didn't she, if there was anything weird in the snow, didn't she just boil it out anyway? That would be cheating. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I don't know that her argument is a winnable argument, but you know what? I mean, but you know what? In the midst of the cold and all the snow that is falling in places that normally don't get it, it's so exciting because I remember as a kid, like, you know, taking your shoes with your socks and your plastic bags to go play outside and then come in with some fresh snow and mom would mix it, you know, and make you some snow cream. Like, I don't I don't I don't know why that was a thing or why it even is a thing. But I I was flashing back to all my memories as a kid growing up in Alabama because we didn't see snow, but what every eight years. And then it was like, you know, the Lord was coming back because it's like more than you ever anticipated. <laughs> You're like, what's all this? So, so yeah. So just, you know, be cautious and stay away from the yellow snow if you don't already know that. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Can't boil that. Let's look at the verse. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 34, 5. What a comfort mm -hmm. is that? And yet we as Christians, sometimes we worry. You know, there's a lot in the Bible about fear and about worry. You know, yeah. fear not. You know, we're we're not supposed to have 
a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. But there it is. And a lot of people, I don't know about you, will be worried, will pray, and then will continue to worry. And the worry changes a little. It's, did God hear me? Yep. Is God moving? Does God want me to suffer? Yep. How long is this going to take? Well, and this verse ties in well to one of my favorites, uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which is verse we've all heard a million times. If you haven't, uh, you know, it's basically the just is, you know, do not be anxious for anything, pray for everything. But again, removing that fear, allowing yourself to have peace in the midst of whatever you're going through. And and I hope that, and I've heard this from several people different conversations, not all at once, but they've all differently mentioned that they want this year to be a year of miracles and a year that we are completely in awe of what God is doing. Like we're seeing him work in ways that we've never witnessed before. And I I hope that to be true. Oh, I do too. And we have to remember something. Sometimes it's the last second, it seems. Mm -hmm. Before he moves, he's God. His timing is perfect. We we don't know. The, in that way, we have to lean on him, right? And we have to trust. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing I think to remember, and it's helped me a lot, is to remember his faithfulness in your past situations yeah. where you prayed and he answered, or you prayed and it was a no, or you prayed it didn't turn out how you thought it would, but things came together in the long run. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Well, and I love too, you know, because even like in back to referencing the Philippians verse two is the the idea of being in a thankful heart. So even in the things that we wish hadn't happened in our lives or that we might have chosen differently if we knew then what we know now, you know, the idea is that be thankful that you went through that experience because it brought you closer to God brought you into the circles that you're in now and out of maybe some of the bad ones that put you in a weird situation. But in that, you also are in a place that you can help someone who's about to face what you went through. And that's always that reminder for me, because I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back and I can't. So who's around me that may be facing something that I can go, well, when I went through this, I did this instead of this. And I wish I had done it the other way, because if I can save someone else from going down that path, it was worth it for me to endure that for that reason. Absolutely. And that way you can mentor somebody going through the same thing. And I think sometimes things are allowed because God knows we're going to do that or have the opportunity to do it. This ought to make every man on the planet pretty happy. Two things that every good wife does for her hubby. You're going to love this. Are you ready? Number one, she doesn't try to change him. And and you know what? There are things that you are not going to like. But I do remember every time I think about that, A says, yeah, but you married the person and those little idiosyncrasies that might irritate you are part of this person that you pledged to love in a covenant relationship. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that this is trending this week because I also came across and I sent it to you the article of what <laughs> women were told to do in 1950s. Yeah. To make their man happy or to have a happy home. And it's interesting because as I'm reading this, I, and I even read it to my wife so that I'm not sitting here saying it egotistically because she was like, Yeah, that's you, that's you. There are so many things on this list that I do for her. Like I love 
I love just taking care of the house and, you know, cooking. And so that's what's on this list. So this is the, uh, you know, how to look after your husband is actually the article title, which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, have dinner ready when he gets home. Prepare yourself. So, you know, don't, you know, just show up to the door in sweatpants and a hoodie, which <laughs> my wife knows that I think that's sexy. So either way, that goes for us. Um, clearing out the clutter. Uh, you know me. I don't like clutter of any kind. So I'm always straightening up, preparing the children. I don't know how I could prepare Ryan and Mia for when Tawny <laughs> comes home, other than just that they get fed and they're, you know, chilling in their rooms. Um, minimal noise, which is totally me. I mean, music might be the loudest thing you hear. And then the last thing is make it. Now, this is, of course, talking to wife. So it says make the evening his. So when my wife gets home, because usually I'm the first one home. So mm -hmm. I flip that. I'm like, you know, hey, babe, I've made dinner. If you don't want this, I'll make you something else. Or if you want to fend for yourself, tell me what you need. What do you want to watch? You know, and and she knows the thing I hate is flipping channels. Like that's my least favorite thing, but it's time together. So even if it's like the other night, she's like, just put the game on and we'll sit on our phones and we can have conversation. And it was great. Like it was that thing that she wanted to do. Not that she cared about the game or even cared about the TikToks, but it was a chill. It wasn't like investing into something that potentially we would be quiet for two hours. It was more of an open dynamic between us. So, you know, and she knows that she can't change me. So we're, we're just, you know, marrying those worlds literally from the fifties to now, just, you know, I am who Only I am. The man providing that for his wife. Isn't that interesting? I think yeah. it's sweet. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing in, in this article about the two things that every good wife does is a wife desires her man. Mm -hmm. She wants intimacy and she's the one that initiates it. Ah. Good to be wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to have a sanctuary. And the way to do that is to lean on Turin and Birmingham Mortgage Group because they're going to help get you into that dream home that can feel like a sanctuary, whether you're looking for the house to expand because your family's growing or you want the one with the big kitchen and the fireplace, like find out what is available and then find out what you are credit and special programs that Turin likes to hunt out for all of us so that, you know, like Roxanne and I were examples of getting into homes that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to reach had Turin not helped us. Both in Alabama and Florida. And some people get bummed out all oh, the interest rates. Well, he shops around. Different brokers, different rates, different yep. opportunities. You don't have to settle for just the mundane or what somebody else is getting. So follow through, call our friend Turin. Isn't that an unusual name? I love that name. Yep. Turin Newell, Birmingham Mortgage Group, 205-259-1656, or check them out on the web, birminghammortgage.com. Amen. All right. So hacks to help us have better mental advantage this year. I love this. Do more with less. I'm all about that. You know, the declutter yeah, I am of life. Too. Get, get effective. And there's a book called The One Thing. And it really changed my approach to the working world. Know what the number one thing is that you do mm. and get after it first thing and make it the priority. We get busy with little stuff that doesn't end up being very productive. And I think that's do more with less. I think that's being more effective. Breathing deeply. Most of us don't breathe with the belly. Yeah. And that is a problem because I love this. Become extraordinary. Do not settle for average. 
Yeah. Do not just uh, Eeyore the day. Uh, I have to do this. When you get up and you're excited to be the best that you can be for God and for you and for others, mm-hmm. I think it makes a big difference. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the whole, I get to do this mentality so that you're excited for what's coming. And even if it's something that's a inconvenience, like you had to, you know, leave later because you had a flat tire and you had to change the tire or you had to take it to the shop or what, like there are going to be those inconveniences, but again, just have it. Well, okay, God, you know, who am I going to encounter as I go through this part of my day that I wasn't expecting? What is the blessing that I can give to those people or that I may receive? So... I, I'm getting to the part where I don't want to overweigh and and exhaust myself in places that I just don't have time for. Because if I'm like, well, why am I why am I so tired? Well, you got all worked up over here over this little thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not my fault, you know. And then you know, yeah. it, it, I, it, and then it becomes a pattern because then it's a cycle that you've created. Yeah, I, I think that's super important. Get rid of unused items. Marie Kondo it, you know, look at it and say, do I really love this? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it might make a good donation to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look, shall we, at Christ-like discipleship. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? And you've got Jesus doing the Sermon of the Mount. Everybody's following him in all these crowds. Can you imagine what that must have been like mm-hmm. to hear him give this famous-like speech before a crowd. But if we look carefully at scripture, somebody who studied this very, very closely says that he taught this to the disciples. So yes, there was a crowd there, but it was meant for his closest friends. And therefore it becomes even more intimate. Yeah. Well, and I love that too, because he spent the most of his time with these 12 men. So he knew what was on his heart. He knew what patterns and habits that they had created, but he also was wise enough to know that the 12 that he's trying to help, it helps everyone else who hears it. And I, I've even heard pastors that say, when I, when I get stale on how to preach, I go back to how did Jesus preach that sermon on the Mount? And then he goes, I don't steal Jesus's words, but I look at kind of how he, you know, who was he talking to? Because if I think about my 12 closest people in my life, and if I were to speak to them in a room, what would I say? How would I encourage them? You know, that's why, you know, small group is a big deal. You know, you, you connect and learn because you're living life together. Right. So that's, it's, it's such a great template for how we can speak to others when we don't know what to say. And you know what we need to be talking about your favorite Hot glazed donuts, Krispy Kreme. And it's so funny. It's arrived in Paris, France. And people were camping out overnight because in France, there's an, this is so funny because it just got back from Paris. Yeah. You know, that the Parisians love anything American and they love American fast food, which is so funny because there's nothing better than eating in Paris. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. I mean, did you did you have Paris pastries while you were there? Right? <laughs> They're amazing. And I've not even been and I've heard great things. So how does a Krispy Kreme compare? <laughs> like I never like to me, that's that's great for us as Americans. That's the closest thing to Paris pastries we can get. <laughs> But they love it. And here's how they described it. Oh, what joy. A giant window is a conveyor belt ferried 
fried dough toward a waterfall of sugary frosting. When the doors opened, we all swarmed inside, ordering donuts by the dozen to take out and noshing at bistro tables in a cafe-style setting. <laughs> I mean, I've never known a Krispy Kreme not to have a standing line out the door anyway. When that hot sign's on, you're like, <laughs> well, a perfect combo t- would be the Roxanne blend of coffee with your Krispy Kreme, with anything mm-hmm. else you really want to have. It's so good. And it sends missionaries around the world proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. So when you make a very small investment in this wonderful coffee company out of Mississippi, Roxanne Blend is their number one seller in the state of Alabama, continues to go strong. Mm-hmm. We're really excited about that. Why? Because people get it. It's so good. You like auto order it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's easy to find. Go to RoxanneandAce.com and click on My Brother's Cup and get yours today. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Oh, my goodness. This. Oh. I'm just going to say, you know, I've Ace, I read thousands of books. Like, that's yeah, my thing. Mm-hmm. I read two to three books a week. Yeah. And this book, at first I thought, this, what is this, Amityville Horror? What is this? Is this a weird, what is this, a paranormal yeah. ghost? Like, what is it? This is a manual, in my opinion, on how to deal with demons. Demons are real, folks. Mm-hmm. And if somebody thinks they aren't, just hang with us yeah. <laughs> a little bit here. Yeah. The book is called Deliverance at Spring Hill Plantation. And it's about a journey, a spiritual journey that nearly ended a marriage. People who tried to stay faithful to God and to pray, and these demons in, invaded their plantation. And I could say more, but the person who lived it and has written this book with, along with his wife is here. We welcome to the show, Eric Davis. Hi, Eric. Roxanne, glad to appreciate you being on your show. Now, I will say, I I know that I like watching shows about paranormal stuff, and I always like to watch, especially when you know Jesus comes in and defeats and all that. And that's really the story in a nutshell. But I have to ask you, why didn't you just move? <laughs> because that's my question when I watch these kinds of things. I'm like, just just pack your bags, just go. Well, I, I get that a lot. And one of the reasons I didn't move was there was such a strong connection to this place because I had prayed for this place probably 35 years ago. I've asked for a plantation home and it's here. We've got it. And now they're here. And they're fighting for it. And uh, I just said, no, no, you can't have my house. Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure how to go about it. I knew it was a lot of trouble. I knew it was a lot of praying. There's a lot of trying of stuff, but nothing was working. But in the end, I refused to leave because I believe God gave me this house. Well, and your life's investment went into it, and it's a large place. It has several buildings. It has a building that you call the hospital on it that was particularly demonic. But what sent chills through me was this man from the 1800s that kept standing behind your wife, Cindy. Tell us about that. Uh, 
I was on the porch. Uh, this this already hadn't gotten dark. Cindy had a practice of feeding her cats in the barn. She'd walk out there and they would follow her. And it was so cool because that that barn was built in the mid 1800s, and there was a light on in there. And I'm sitting on the porch just watching my phone. And I look up and I see a very tall man standing behind her. At first, I thought it possibly was one of the neighbors that we haven't met yet. But then it didn't take me but about three seconds to realize this guy was not human form. He was he was something from the other side. Uh, I stared at him. He looked back at me. And when we locked eyes with each other, he just faded away. And Cindy never knew it. It got so bad it made her sick. You would see yeah. other things that were sort of clear, like a shadow in windows, the noises. And it was continuous and continuous. And I, I think, like anybody, Eric, weren't you afraid to even tell anybody about it because they would think you were totally crazy? Sure, we kept it. We kept this to ourselves. And uh, we didn't even tell the people that we were going to church. I'm not saying that that's probably what we should have done. I mean, I, we had a we had a church and a pastor, mm -hmm. but this was so this was so crazy that you know we just said we're not going to tell anybody. We're going to deal with it ourselves. And that was probably the first mistake that we made. We was going to deal with it ourselves. And uh, you know. I don't know. I don't, it'd be hard for me to understand how anybody would believe some of the stuff that we witnessed. Sure. Yeah. Cause the first, you know, even your own self, you said, am, am I seeing things? Do I need to sleep better? Like, you know, do I like what's going on with me mentally that's making me see these things, but then yeah, to share, cause I, you know, I've got friends who have priests in their lives that they, they deal with exorcisms and they say, you cannot do anything on your own. And you should always seek spiritual guidance to walk you through that. So what what was that spiritual guidance for you guys to get you to a better place? Well, uh, we had been here about six years, and it had gotten to the point where there was something going on almost free, almost almost weekly, we would see stuff. They attacked us in our minds. They attacked Cindy mostly with her health. She had severe migraine headaches, depression, anxiety of a, of a whole level that you can't even explain. She was sleeping most of the time. And they you would feel them when they when they entered the house. The whole house would change. The, the, the energy level in this house would change. And I, we prayed. We anointed the I don't. I think I used a gallon of anointing oil. It was it's everywhere. The, yeah. the doors are covered with it. And finally, when I had had all I could take, I had seen. I come home one afternoon, and when I pulled up into my carport, the feeling come on me, and it, it's hard to explain this feeling because it's it's supernatural. But this feeling of just absolute dread. Uh, pressure coming. I knew something was horribly wrong. And I looked up in the office window where my wife worked. Cindy worked. She worked. Uh, 
she worked for us, but she worked from home. And I looked up and that same, I call him the 1800 gentleman. I don't really know why I thought of that name. He's standing up in the window. And man, him just had a stare down. This went on for probably a minute. And he folded his arm and disappeared. And at that point, I had had all I could stand. I had, we had tried all kinds of things. We had tried anointing oil. We had tried sage. I know that's probably not a good thing to try, but when you're desperate, you try stuff. Yeah. You know. That's when I went outside and I broke down. I had I couldn't take it no more. I was mentally totally shot, spiritually dead because there was nothing left in me to pray. I couldn't even pray anymore. Mm-hmm. I looked up, the, I just asked, where are you, God? I screamed out in the night sky, where are you, God? And I, began to, I was just crying. And this suddenly this peace come on me. And I heard a word from the Lord in my spirit. This of a church. I'm not going to name the church because I don't want, I don't want the, the church itself. It's not what did it. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And. That's where I started a journey, contacted a friend at the church, and that's where God assembled a group of prayer warriors, and they came here when we had nothing. They come alongside us, and that started a series of events that eventually ejected them out of this house. Mm. They went ace screaming, Yeshua at the top of their lungs into this house and kept doing it and anointing and, and the bravery of the people that went in. I mean, you tell me you're seeing people, I might say, well, mm, sorry for you, but I mean, these brave warriors went in and stayed screaming until those things left. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> But amazing event to witness. Well, and the thing I will say too, in reading the book, the thing I love is it's not like just a big scary story. I mean, you've got this thing laced with Bible verses that really kind of articulate the journey you were all you were on. And then also for anyone who may be facing that hasn't shared their story yet either, it's a good it I I assume that was your intention was for anyone dealing with this, here's your guide. It was, uh, I, after going through this journey and figuring out, actually, at the end, God revealed to me what the roadblocks and the open doors was. And it's, it's not what you think, but I wanted this book, and it didn't matter if I sold one book or a zillion books. Mm-hmm. This book is, is intended for that one person out there who's struggling, who's experiencing what we experience, because I can't, we can't be the only ones. Mm-mm. And I know that we kept our, we kept it to ourselves. So I'm sure others are doing it themselves. That there is, there is hope. There, there is an answer. And that, that answer is Jesus Christ and his blood. Amen. Would you say that that's the number one thing that you bring from all this Eric Davis, the author of Deliverance at Spring Hill Plantation, which you must get and we'll tell you how to how to do that. 
what what's your big takeaway from all this? I know you're very you're a very humble person because you admit to many mistakes that you made. But but let's face it, the devil seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't like any of us Christians. You know, uh, I realized I realized that, you know, some people people think, well, this is a haunted house. Maybe so, but it was it was not ghost, it was demonic spirit. But I had so many open doors in my life that was allowing them, because we would for six years, I would use the name of Jesus and they would leave. They would leave by then. The house would be clear, clean, and peaceful, but within a week, they're back. And I don't know how many times I went through this, this, this same, same deal. And finally, when it was all said and done, God showed me that it was, there was unforgiveness is the biggest open door to demonic spirits to come in, in your house that you could possibly have. And unforgiveness is a hard one. It's a hard one. People hurt you. People do things against you. And it's hard to it's hard to forgive. But once I figured that out uh, and several other things, that was when God dropped into me and Cindy a power that we've never experienced before. We we knew who we was in Christ when we never did before. And that last time, because they came back even after the church came in. You remember reading it? Mm-hmm. Came back one more time. And that time it was it was easy. Once they came back, they haven't been back after we knew who we was in Christ. They haven't been back since. And it's been over two years. Yep, you took so authority nice. and you forgave each other. And you got to read the book, but there's this little statue that got brought in there, and everybody knew that that statue was bad. <laughs> it's like when I first became a believer, and and the the Lord was clear: take all those astrology books into the dumpster at your apartment and do it now. Now, you know, I know a lot of people like astrology, but for me, my relationship with Christ, He did not want me to have astrology books. Well, as long as they're in my house, I'm being disobedient. I don't know what I'm inviting in. Mm -hmm. So they, and they, it was hard. You know, I, I grew up with a mother who, you know, was a witch and an astrologer. So throwing her things away, that was hard. But we think, oh, demons aren't on this little thing that I have in my house. But if you as a Christian, Eric, have a bad feeling about something, Mm -hmm. Get it out of your house, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, <laughs> I brought that thing from up north, and Cindy was against it. I brought it into our home, and because of my selfishness, because I liked it, and I like antiques. And I can't say 100%, but that that little statue started a series of events that went on for forever and it once they're in it's not that easy to get them out yeah but you, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to know who you are you got to have the power of god and that knowledge of the power of god inside of you 
Amen. Well, the book is called Deliverance at Spring Hill Plantation. Eric and Cindy Davis, you can get it wherever books are sold and check it out at RoxanneAce.com. Eric, thanks so much for sharing your story. When it becomes a big movie, we're there. We're on the red carpet because we won't. <laughs> We want God proclaim because that's my thing. Whenever I watch a horror movie, I'm screaming at the screen going, just say Jesus. And Amen. Yeah. Amen. they never do. But who's <laughs> listening to me? Right. <laughs> so TikTok, you are all about these filters. And I, I laugh out loud. You're a superhero AI and one TikTok. And I, I look for those. They're so funny. But there's mm. one that I haven't done because I'm afraid to. It is the time travel filter that ages you yeah. a lot. I've done it, but I didn't post it because, <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm going to be leathery. I, it's just going to happen. Really? It, it, and I mean, again, if AI is accurate, you know, because I mean, I already got the crow's feet, you know, and it's it. But what's interesting about it is, like, I don't think I look like my dad. But as soon as that age filter takes you to the full, you know, 70 years or whatever, like, I'm like, oh, there he is. I'm staring back at my dad right now. There he is. Well, a lot of people are posting saying, oh, it looks like I'm decomposing. <laughs> I mean, we are. It's not a lie. Others say aging is beautiful. Yeah. And others start crying. Because they're like, oh, look at me. Well, I'm just precious. But here's the, the I don't know if you, the, the, the one that takes you the other way. So you look young again. I haven't done that one either. Mine doesn't look like I did 20 years ago. Oh. So my thought is if it's wrong on how I used to look, maybe it's wrong on how I'm going to look. And I can just Gen X it and go, I don't care. No, but I hate to tell you, the dermatologists all say it's really quite realistic. Yeah. This is why yeah. I don't have a dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to tell me. It's like, who are you? You're coming to my life in a short period. Well, before we let you go, we always like to check in on each other's vibe of the week. I don't know if I have shared this with you on or off the air. And this and and out of fear of losing man points, I love my bento box. You know what, what that is? What is that? So it's a lunchbox, but it's got all these compartments and it stacks and clicks together. So you can, when I take my lunch every day, it has like a place wow. for veggies and a dessert and your meat. And, you know, and then there's like a top tray for like utensils and a, you know, <laughs> granola bar for after. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite. I, 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 I look forward to getting up every morning to make my lunch and then unpacking it like it's some kind of, you know, genius cube. Oh, I forgot to put that in there. <laughs> you know, but I I love my bento box. It's my favorite thing. All it needs is like a big, you know, Batman sticker on the top of it to make it even <laughs> more me. But oh, it's it's my favorite thing right now. This from a drummer full of tats. You know, you you never cease to amaze me with all your facets that a bento box, you're obsessed with it. I'm growing into the old man that the AI says I'm gonna be. <laughs> so, <laughs> We'll get my dad's sweater, my bento box. <laughs> hey, kids, you know what we used to do when we were kids? So, yeah. Well, so what about my you? Vibe, there is a book called Arate. It is by a philosopher named Brian Johnson. 
It is the most earmarked book of all the thousands of books that I've read. It's yeah. that good. And mm. you, I haven't seen it at Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. I had to order it off Amazon. It's full of practical ways that we can improve ourselves, mm. which is something I always like to do. And he makes a point that 1% of your day is 14 minutes and 24 seconds, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. He says, why don't you... Think about in 14 minutes a day, what would be the best way to go about improving you so you can be the best version of you? And I think when you're the best version of you, you're better able to help everybody else and be a yeah. great representative of Christ. So I, people think, well, that's selfish. No, the best version of you is an asset to yourself yeah. and everyone else. So I think that's a great thing to think about, you know, especially when I'm wasting a lot of time. <laughs> On you TikTok, know? you mean? Yeah, I have to tell myself with that uh, about five minutes uh, because it could be, you know, it's like when Pinterest first came out and it would be like three hours later and I didn't want to bathe. I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll do it every time. Especially right before bed. <laughs> we appreciate you spending time with us. Of course, like, subscribe, and follow so you don't miss future episodes. And, of course, check us out at RoxanneandAce.com. Thanks to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group. Have a great weekend. Roxanne, I love you. Love you, bunch. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneandAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.